as we sing. Sing, I love you, Lord. Let's stand. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hands.
You can have a seat. Good morning. Welcome to fellowship. My name is Abel, and I will sing of the goodness of God, uh, because with every breath that I am able, and thank you all for singing along as well. Um, hey, a couple of things to share with y'all. First of all, if you're new, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Love to help you get connected. Best way is to stop by the community booth after, the, after service in the foyer. They would love to visit with you out there. Uh, we have an app that uh, got redid. So if you have the app, just update it. It's got some new stuff in there. Um, I particularly really love uh, the apps that are like the smaller meal before the larger meal. That's the apps that I get personally very excited about, but this one's good too. Um, there are some things on there, like uh, if you the, the slides from today are on the app, um, and you can also sign up for all these things that are on the next slide. So if you've been around fellowship for a fall or two or more than that, you know that the weekend after Labor Day is when adult ministry really launches. So our small groups ministry, training center, Discover, everything launches that week. I asked them to make this slide 9, 9 10, 11, the 11 things that launch on, um, the, on 9, 10, but they said the font would be too small, so they just put three up there. So we've got Discover Fellowship, um, the Philippian study starts on the 10th as well. So we have these handy dandy books that are available in the uh, foyer for 10 bucks, same as normal, and uh, you can pick those up. Most community groups will, will follow the sermon study, um, but yeah. So um, that's pretty much what I have to share with you guys this morning. Let me uh, pray for our students who are at Fall Retreat this weekend, our high school students, and uh, for the service. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this time to be together. Thank you for um, being here with us. Lord, thank you that you see us, that you know exactly where we are, and that you meet with us. Lord, pray for all these high school students over at Clearwater Cove this weekend at Fall Retreat. Pray that you would meet them that uh, new students would get connected, those who are far from Jesus would get closer this weekend, and uh, we just pray for our high school students at Fall Retreat. Lord, we, we trust you with them, and pray for this service. Pray that our hearts would be tuned to you. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, would you stand? We're going to make this song our prayer this morning. So would you pray with me? Be thou my vision O Lord of my heart Not be all else to me Save that
this up together, church. There is no other so sure and steady. My hope is held in your hand. When castles crumble and breath is fleeting, upon this rock I will stand. Upon this rock I will stand. Lord. Jesus is better, make my heart 
this future grace that's mine today that Jesus Christ has won so I can face tomorrow for tomorrow's in your hands and all I need you will provide just like you
standing for the word of the Lord, the word of our overcomer, Jesus Christ from Matthew 6. If you're comfortable closing your eyes right now as you're standing, and let me read the word over you. Do not lay up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. A long time ago, I heard uh, Pastor Chuck Swindoll say, for every 10 people who remain faithful to Christ in adversity, only one stays faithful to Christ in prosperity. My first thought when I heard that was, well, that can't be right. But after 40 years of ministry and meeting Christians from all over the world, I'm convinced he was spot on. Greg Blomberg, as a professor at Denver Seminary, he wrote this. Many perceptive observers have sensed that the greatest danger to Western Christianity is the all-pervasive materialism of our affluent culture. We try so hard to create heaven on earth and to throw in Christianity when convenient as another small addition to the so-called good life. Jesus proclaims, that unless we are willing to serve him wholeheartedly in every area of life, but particularly with our material resources, we cannot claim to be serving him at all. He wrote that 30 years ago. And I think it's fair to say that the challenge of materialism is still present today. When you study the teachings of Jesus, you will find that he talked about material wealth more than he talked about heaven or hell. And you'll also find that we are far more interested in what he had to say about heaven or hell than we are about what he had to say about material wealth. Now, you may not consider yourself wealthy, but I think you have to agree with me that we do live in an affluent culture within an affluent country. So when you take all this into account, I think it makes sense for us to spend time exploring what Jesus did have to say about how we should handle our material wealth. So in our text in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about treasure. 
So when you hear the word treasure, you might have a different picture come in your mind. You might think of chests of gold and pirates. Arr. Or you might think of uh, Nicolas Cage in about seven movies. I don't, you know. Or you might think about piles of money. We, those are things we think of as treasure. But what did Jesus mean when he was talking about treasure? When he tells us, don't store up treasure on earth, but store it up in heaven. What is he talking about when he talks about treasure? Well, a very literal translation of what he says is, don't store up your stored up stuff on earth, but store up your stored up stuff in heaven. I have stuff. You have stuff. Everybody's got stuff. And we like to store our stuff. The self-storage industry in the U.S. generates $29 billion a year. I suspect there is not $29 billion worth of stuff in our storage units. If all the self-storage space in the country was connected, if it was just one giant self-storage place, it would cover 73 square miles. Now, to give you some perspective, if you take the city limits of Bentonville and the city limits of Rogers and put them together, that is 73 square miles. Can you imagine trying to find your storage unit in that? We have stuff and we store our stuff. And take a look at this next picture. This is mine. That's my storage unit, and that's some of my stuff. Just being honest with you. But I'm not showing you my attic, my garage, and the stuff underneath my back deck. I have to confess, I feel bad sometimes that I have thousands of dollars worth of vehicles sitting outside so I can store hundreds of dollars worth of stuff in my garage. In fact, as I thought about this, I realized our houses are just giant storage units where we keep all our stuff. So when Jesus talks about don't store up your stored up stuff, every one of us can relate that to that. Every one of us has, has a, a way of connecting to what he's talking about. Let's get back to our text. Jesus broadened the definition of treasure beyond money and wealth when he says, when he talks about don't, don't store up your treasures in heaven, on earth, but instead store them up in heaven. So when we think about Jesus' idea of treasure, I think... Uh, I like to define it as the things that we pursue and the things that we protect. We accumulate it, we go after it, we get it, and then we store it up and protect it. And so when we think about treasure, it's not just about money or material things. What are the things that we pursue and what are the things that we protect? We accumulate it and we store it because it is valuable to us, and that's what makes it a treasure. It's valuable to us. Now, a few verses after our text, down in verse 31, Jesus goes on to say this. So then don't worry, saying, what will we eat? 
or what will we drink or what will we wear? Or the unconverted pursue these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But above all, pursue his kingdom and righteousness and these things will be given to you as well. Notice that he does not tell us not to pursue treasure. He just warns us about pursuing the wrong kind of treasure. He talks about these most basic needs of life, food and drink and clothing. And he says, these are the things that people who aren't trusting in Christ focus on. But these things are necessities for life. So what's wrong with wanting to have food, drink, and clothing? Nothing. Thankfully, we all got dressed before we came here today, right? And, and we plan our days around opportunities to eat and drink. We make sure there's time in the day for us to do that. And if you're like me, if your day gets really busy and you kind of, you, you know, lunch is a little bit late, you start getting kind of worried and you go, wait a minute, I've got to rearrange my schedule because eating is really important to me. So what Jesus is challenging us is not that these things don't matter. He's challenging us to think what might be even more important than food and drink and clothing to you? What might be more important, more worthy of our attention and our focus than even the very necessities of life? What what might be more important to us and more essential to our lives than food and drink and clothing? What if, what if we consider Jesus and his kingdom and his righteousness as more important than even the necessities of life? What if we pursued those things with the same sense of urgency and necessity as we pursue what we consider to be needs for our physical life? That's the question he's asking. Now, a little later, we're going to talk about what what things we should pursue. But right now, I want us to take a moment to do some honest evaluation about what we treasure based on what we spend our lives going after. A few weeks ago, Hunter talked to us about stewarding our time. And then last week, Mark talked to us about stewarding our talents. So here's my question. What is it that you and I spend our time and our talents pursuing? What is it that we use those things, those resources to go after? What is important enough to us that we spend our resources pursuing it? What are the things that are so important that we arrange our schedules around them? What matters so much to us that we would spend our time and energy to pursue it? Because that's your treasure. What you pursue is what you value, and what you value is your treasure. And the second thing he says about treasure is that something we protect. 
The idea of storing up things is, is that we put it in a safe place. A place where it can be damaged or lost or stolen. So when something is valuable to us, we protect it. Banks have safe deposit boxes where we can put valuable things to keep them safe. Or you might have a, a safe or a lock, lock box in your house where you put valuable things and maybe important documents because you want to protect them. We store them up so, so that they will be safe. So what are the things that you and I protect? What is it that we build these protective barriers around, that we make sure that it stays safe? When we think about our possessions, we lock our doors at night to protect our stuff. Well, what else do we protect? Maybe it's your good name or your reputation. It's important to you. You value it. You protect it. Maybe it's your position at work. Maybe it's your marriage or your children What are those things that you protect? They're so valuable to you that you build protective things around them and you make sure they stay safe. You see, we can't be good stewards of our treasure if we don't know what our treasure is. And so he begins by defining for us that a treasure is that that thing that was so valuable to us that we will spend our resources Pursuing it and protecting it. And then he moves on to tell us to describe it and say the treasures fall into two categories, earthly and heavenly. And he kind of breaks that down for us and describes it so we can see the difference. And so he begins talking about earthly treasure. He said, this is treasure that can be destroyed or stolen. Everything earthly is temporary and insecure. Everything earthly is temporary and insecure. It doesn't last forever. As a result, I want you to hear this, nothing that is earthly has any intrinsic value. It's only worth something because you say it's worth something. Those things of earth that we treasure are only valuable to us because we chose to make them valuable to us. We set the value on them. They have no intrinsic value. We're the ones who assign the value to it. So in 1 John chapter 2, He says that things of the world are passing away or temporary. And he describes these earthly treasures by their appeal. We we place value on them because they appeal to something in us. He says they appeal to our desire to feel or our, our desire to have or our desire to be. But we all know that if we value having our desires fulfilled, they don't stay fulfilled. And we're going to want more or we're going to want again. And he says these things are temporary and they're not worth investing 
our resources to pursue and protect them. They're not secure. They're not lasting. And so Jesus doesn't tell us not to have treasure. He just tells us don't treasure the wrong things. And so he says, store up heavenly treasures because they can't be destroyed or they can't be taken away because they are eternal and they are secure. So what does it mean to store up heavenly treasures? Now remember, a treasure is something you pursue and protect. And in Matthew 6, 33, Jesus says we are to seek or pursue the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2, we're told that we should focus our thoughts on things above, heavenly things. So what he's talking about is developing a way of looking at the world through the lens of what God values and then setting the priorities of our lives according to those values. Which brings us to the question, so what does God say we should value? Well, Jesus was asked this question in a little different way when someone asked him, what's the greatest commandment? So what he's asking is, what is the thing that God wants us to do more than anything else? Or what does God value? So what is it that God tells us to value? Well, Jesus' answer is this, love God with everything you are. Oh, and by the way, and love others as much as yourself. So when we look at the values that God has, the two things that do have intrinsic value, that are valuable simply because they exist, are God and people. Those are the things that matter for eternity. Those are the things that will always and forever be valuable. And so Jesus says, value the treasure that lasts. Value the treasure that really matters. So it seems to me the application of, of that to our study today is that we should treasure our relationship with God and we should treasure our relationship with people. We should pursue and protect our relationship with God and we should pursue and protect our relationship with people because those are the things that matter for eternity. So how does that relate to us stewarding our material things? This earthly treasure. Well, first of all, we refuse to let the pursuit of material things interfere with either of these. If the pursuit of the things of this earth interfere with my relationship with God or my relationship with people, then it has become my treasure. And so I don't let the things of earth, the pursuit of those things and the protection of those things, I don't let them interfere with my relationship with God if I truly treasure heavenly things. And then secondly, <clears throat> we see our material things as tools things we can use to invest in those heavenly treasures. You see, that's why as followers of Jesus, we're encouraged to live generously and open-handed with our material wealth. So have you ever paused and asked God why he has given you the things you have? 
When you look at your bank account or your 401k or you pull up into your house or even when you get in your car, have you ever asked God why he's giving you those things? We sang about the goodness of God. And we live in an abundance of God's goodness to us. And in some ways, that is material things. He's given us good things. Have you ever asked him why? Why might he have given us that? Is it possible that he has given it to us so that we can invest it in his kingdom and the people he loves? I think about the couple who looking for a home and the, the one criteria they said their home must have is it must have a kind of a big living room because we host community group. And it's important to us to gather people in our home and share Jesus. I think about a family that's looking for a place to live and they're not looking for the neighborhood where they have the best schools or they're not looking for the neighborhood where they have the greatest opportunity for their property to increase in value. They're looking for a neighborhood where they can have the most impact for Jesus. We want to live around people who don't know Jesus. God gives us these things, but have we asked him, why did you give us these things? How can we use those things then to invest back into the kingdom of God and his righteousness, our relationship with God and our relationship with people? And then the last thing that Jesus tells us about our treasure is that treasure controls us. <clears throat> Jesus is not warning us to be careful not to be controlled by our treasure. And sometimes we read that and he's going, we think, think he's saying, no, to be careful, don't let the treasure control you. He is actually stating the fact, you will be controlled by what you treasure. You will be. It is how you are wired, it is how you are made. You will be controlled by what is valuable to you. So what he's warning us is to make sure that what controls our lives is worth serving. You see, over time, our, our lives will align with what we treasure. The way he puts it is where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Your heart and your treasure are connected. And over time, you will find out that your life lines up with what you value. So if we say that our hearts are one place, I love God, I love people. But then we look at, see that all of our resources, our time, our talent, and our treasure are spent on something else. We're just fooling ourselves. Our hearts are always connected to what we treasure and our lives always reflect that. And then Jesus gives us a couple of examples to illustrate what it looks like to be controlled by our treasure. He talks about our eyes and he talks about having a master. He talks about the eyes being the source of light and when your eye is healthy or when you have the right perspective, when you have the right view of things, then it fills your life with light. And if you have the wrong view of things, then it fills your life with darkness. And then he talks about no servant can belong to two masters. And he concludes that statement with, you cannot serve God and money. 
Can we be honest? We, we really like to think we can. I would love to believe that I can passionately love God and passionately serve God and still passionately pursue the things of this earth that I want and that I like. And Jesus says, you cannot. Not just that it's hard or that it's difficult. He says it's impossible. You can only belong to one master. And we kind of miss it uh, in our translation when he talks about you cannot serve God and money. You may have a translation that says you cannot serve God and mammon. The word mammon is the word that Jesus would have used in his original language. Uh, And it means material wealth and, and, and money and things like that. But it became the name of a demonic idol that was worshipped. And now he's making the point. You can't worship God and and money at the same time. You cannot be the servant of God and serve this demonic force of mammon at the same time. The point he's driving home is what Craig Blomberg observed in the quote that we began with, that unless we're willing to serve Christ wholeheartedly in every area of life, and particularly with our material resources, we cannot be claimed to be serving him at all. So what does it look like to steward our earthly treasure with a view towards heavenly treasure. I had the privilege of knowing a couple who learned to do this well. Um, Dave and Jean are both with Jesus now, so I can tell you their story. They would be terribly embarrassed if they were here uh, and heard me telling it. They were both very successful in their careers. As a result, they made a lot of money. But as they were growing in their careers, there was something stirring in their hearts spiritually. They began to grow in their relationship with Christ at the same time. And so they began to ask God how they should handle this material wealth that God was giving them. And so they made a choice to live simply. They chose to just keep the house they had and not buy a nicer one, even though they could afford much more than what they had. It was sufficient. It was adequate. It it served their needs. They kept good vehicles, but they weren't fixated on trading up with the newest model every time it came out. And one of the reasons behind that is because they didn't want to tie up the material wealth that, that God had given them. They wanted to live with open and generous hands. And as a result, multitudes of people both here and far away, have been blessed by their generosity. I know this because my family was blessed by their generosity. When we went through a very difficult time financially, Dave and Jean blessed us. They took care of us. But I also know this and the inner journey that they went through, because the way I met them was many, many years ago, I was a financial planner, and I was their financial planner. And they came to me, and they said, we want to get a plan for how we manage the the financial resources that God has given us. And so I sat at the table with them, 
and we talked and we prayed as they sought God's leadership in what do we do and how do we manage this. And I watched them grow. When I first met them, Dave didn't really enjoy putting a $5 bill in the offering plate when it came by. Just didn't have fun with that at all. And by the time the Lord took him home, he was a cheerful giver. He loved the idea of giving to the Lord's kingdom and his people. I watched that journey unfold. And I got to witness the transition in their hearts as they fell more in love with Jesus and became less focused on earthly treasure. So I can tell you with certainty based on the word of God that when they stepped into heaven, they stepped into a wealth, true wealth, that they had sent ahead of them. They had laid up heavenly treasures. Now, I know I haven't been particularly practical, so I'm going to give you a couple of next steps that, that might can help. First, let me encourage you, if you haven't already taken the Align class, let me encourage you to take that. Start September 10th. We'll have a class both services at 8.45 and at 10.30. And in that class, they'll, they'll go over some of these core principles that we talked about, but he'll also give you some really good practical steps of how do I put things in place to become a good steward of my, of my material wealth. You can sign up through the app. I don't app a lot, but you can sign up through the app. I hear it's a really good one. Um, or you can sign up on our website. But second, and I want you to do this today, tomorrow, sometime this week. Find somebody to talk to, your family, your community group, a trusted friend, an advisor, where you can do some honest evaluation about what your treasure really is. Ask God to align your heart with his. God, move my heart towards what matters to you. Teach me, help me to value the things that are truly valuable. And then ask God to teach you to live generously and open-handed with whatever he gives you. Saying, Lord, thank you for your goodness. How do you want me to use this goodness? For your kingdom, for your people. Would you pray with me? God, you are the most generous giver. And I recognize that we're never more like you than when we are giving. For you've given everything to us. Most of all, you've given us eternal life through Jesus Christ. Lord, you bless us with stuff. Help us not to worship the stuff. Help us not to treasure earthly treasures. Lord, raise our sights, raise our hearts. Teach us to love the things that you love. So Lord, as we sing and as we think about the words of Jesus, and I just pray that your spirit will, will move and speak to us about ways that we can line ourselves up with you. Show us where we really are. Lord, help us to learn to embrace what really matters. 
is for our good. It's for our good. Help us to trust you with the things we hold dear. You are good and kind. Help us to know that. Judy are here and available to pray with you up at the front, uh, my right, your left, just like every week. Please take us up on that if you have a prayer concern or a need or just want to rejoice with someone over something God's doing in your life. Uh, come and meet with us. Before you walk out that door, I see some of you back there. Hold up. Um, I want you all to turn around and stare at the sound booth back there and look at the guy standing behind the board. His name is Dave Hannon. Um, he feels really awkward right now, but it's good. Um, Dave has served us faithfully for the last year and a half in the background, um, working above and beyond as a volunteer uh, at our sound board. And he and his wife and five kids are headed back to back home, back to Michigan. Uh, and this is his last Sunday with us uh, officially. We might steal him once in a while. Uh, but we just want to say thank you, Dave. We love you. Uh, you've been a blessing, and we pray blessing on you, brother. And blessings on you as well as you head into this week. Uh, we love you, fellowship. We'll see you back next week.